Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. Welcome back to this week's episode. I am your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me as always is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen. Christian, we have a massive show today. We have a lot going on. We're coming off of the first weekend of fall camp for football. We've got Penny Hardaway and Media Day. We've got the Bahamas coming up. We've got recruiting all over the place. Uh, I don't even know where to start, but let's just start with something that's actually already happened, and that's fall camp. It started last Friday. We're now coming up on three Saturdays away from Memphis's opening weekend of the 2019 season. Man, let's do this. Yeah, I mean, we had two weeks where we were like, what are we going to talk about? And now it's like, man, well, we might be talking for an hour tonight. So that that's, uh, I guess that's the way it's But sports... we actually finished the show in like 20 minutes. Yeah, that's we, not going to happen this week. We actually hit our goal. I, I can promise it's you not that's not going to happen this week. Um, yeah, y'all buckle in. We we got like a 35, 40-minute show coming for you today. Yeah, it's going to be a little long tonight, but I think I think the people enjoy that. <laughs> so, like you said, Brooks, we'll start with fall camp, which started last week, and Memphis actually gets in pads on Wednesday, so I know the players are excited about that. I, I think I'm definitely excited about that because that's, that's really when we get to start seeing people stand out even more. I think the players that – you know, are standing out right now. We'll get to see if, if they continue to play well when the pads come on because that's when the coaches are really going to start paying attention. That's when some of those position battles will really start heating up. Uh, but, you know, for the first for the first week or so of, of fall camp, we've seen uh, multiple standout guys. I think some of the newcomers have, have looked very good in their first week of practice. Uh, the one that I pointed to in an article I wrote earlier this week uh, was Travion Samuel, a guy who's played for Louisville and Troy. Uh, Memphis actually got him as a part of this class, and he's not the biggest guy, 5'7", maybe 180, 190 pounds, but I haven't seen anybody stop him yet in the slot. So, there's, like I said, there's been a lot of standouts. I think there's a lot to be excited about, especially with the new defense. Uh, it's something that the players are very excited about. I think the coaching staff is very excited about. And overall, the defensive unit is what I came into fall camp watching for the most. And, and I've been impressed, and, and hopefully they'll be able to continue how well they've been playing once once the pads do come on later this week. Well, speaking of Memphis's defense, you actually had a chance to sit down with one of Memphis's star standouts on the defensive side of the ball and T.J. Carter uh, as part of the media day last Thursday. And uh, if if those of you listening have not checked out the full interview, uh, Christian's sit-down with T.J. is so impressive, and it's also very informative. Uh, T.J. and Christian, you guys went in-depth on the types of coverage that he likes to play, the things that he's trying to do this year. What was your – the the biggest part of that interview that stuck out to you and then uh, I think we're going to play a clip we're going to play a clip today yeah absolutely well first I mean first off the the thing that stuck out to me the most is just the confidence that he carries and I think that just that's just TJ Carter we we actually talked to him last year at media day uh, he's a confident guy and, and and deservedly so he's a, he's a great player he's been a you know he's been a linchpin for this defense over the past two years and 
to be able to talk to him, uh, especially about coverages and everything, which if you go listen to the interview, you'll hear that. I got to talk to him a lot about the coverages that he's ran in his first two seasons and what he expects to run this year. And you know, for anybody that knows me well, football is, is my standout passion. I think you can hear that from, from the way I talk about it. But get, you know, getting to talk coverages with the guy that really knows football and, and hear his perspective on things and you know, from the way that I saw it on the field and from watching him was was very impressive. But uh, actually, he also spoke about his, his leadership and some of the younger guys and the depth that the defensive backfield had this year. And, and this is what TJ had to say about that. In your two years here, the defensive backfield has had a ton of injuries. Right. It's been more the, the defensive backfield, defensive line has gotten the most injuries. Um, but this year looks like on paper you guys have probably the deepest unit yeah, y'all had. Mm-hmm. Brought in a ton of different guys, especially at the cornerback position. Right. So your mindset this year, knowing that you have depth, knowing that you have new guys, how is it different this season? Uh, it's different. Of course, we got a new D coordinator. I mean, but just making sure everybody on the same page, make sure everybody constantly in the playbook, uh, communication-wise, uh, make sure, like I said, just being consistent is, is one of our main uh, – emphasis for this for this fall uh consistency i mean i feel like last year we had some games where we we look very good look like number one defense look like lockdown defense we supposed to look look like and then we had games where we give up 40 30 points in the second half like you see what i'm saying so uh just being consistent uh is the main thing we're looking for bringing them young guys along making sure they're in the playbook because they can get thrown in the fire anytime uh never know who gonna go down I mean just just being ready when your name is called basically like I said before that entire interview with TJ Carter is fantastic one of the clips that we previewed on Twitter had TJ talking about offensive playmakers and some of the trash talking that goes on with receivers uh, so that's just a natural segue to talk about one of Memphis's most pro- prolific offensive weapons coming into this season and that's uh, DeMonte Coxie, you had a chance to sit down with DeMonte last week. What stood out to you in talking to him? Well, I guess, I mean, really the first thing with him is a lot like TJ. He's another confident guy. He's one of the leaders of the offense, uh, very outspoken. He he has probably the most fun on the practice field of any player I've ever seen. If, if you've ever been to a, a Memphis Tigers football practice, he's probably the loudest. He's the one dancing. He's the one uh, talking to everybody and really, I guess what you would call the life of the party on the football field. So uh, he definitely has the the attitude it takes to be a number one receiver. And he had his breakout season last year going over a thousand yards. He's only the third receiver in Memphis's history to go over a thousand. So that's a very impressive feat. Uh, He also added on seven touchdowns to that. So he had a massive year. And I think fans and media and the team are all expecting him to have another big year probably a even a bigger year than he did last year and a big reason for that is the chemistry he has built with Brady White and when we got to talk to him last Thursday he actually spoke about that so he, here's what DeMonte had to say about his relationship with Brady White and how it's grown over the past year and we talk about chemistry with Brady White uh, we talked about it with him earlier and he said he kind of had to learn on the fly with you guys because mm-hmm. he got here pretty late had to get in through the spring and and try to get acclimated to playing with you guys talk about your chemistry with Brady and uh, how that's grown from the end of last season until now going into fall camp I think it's grown a lot because we have uh, way much more time to find each other and learn each other and see how we each person play you know like you said, in the, uh, when he first got here, we didn't really have that much time. You know what I'm saying? We just kind of jumped in, and boom, the season was right around the corner. And uh, But this year, we had like that 
that long period from last year to the end of the season and to now to get chemistry. And I feel like we've been getting real down pay lately. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, so like you said before, pads start on Wednesday this week. We're going to have a ton of coverage for the football team coming up over the next three weeks as we head into that matchup against Ole Miss. But, you know, everyone knows... Memphis basketball recruiting uh, is in full swing right now for 2020. And guess what? Turns out Memphis isn't done with 2019. Lots going on. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, This week on Twitter, uh, had a chance to confirm and and catch up with uh, Isaiah Stokes, who just is coming off of a visit to the University of Memphis. Uh, He's a Original hometown Memphis guy, he uh, went to IMG Academy for his final year of high school ball, ended up playing for Team Penny with AAU, bounced around a little bit, and ended up at Florida, has suffered from some injuries, decided to transfer, and now he's uh, looks like he's headed back to the University of Memphis, back to his hometown. Christian, what do you take away about the, the possibility of adding Isaiah Stokes? I think this is obviously something me and you have foreshadowed for a while. Obviously, we didn't know the player that it would be, but you and I both figured. And this this really can't. This was really your theory, so I can't I can't take too much credit for it. Uh, but something you've said for a while now is that uh, we we really thought that that final scholarship spot was going to be filled, and it was going to be from a guy transferring from a big time program. And uh, fast forward a couple weeks later, and and here we are. But my initial reaction is it makes sense. The front court isn't as deep as the guards are, and it and if they do land Isaiah Stokes, it allows them to be very versatile with their lineups. That is honestly the first thing I thought. If they have a guy that's you know six eight, two hundred seventy, two hundred eighty pounds uh, playing the four, then then they can get very versatile with these lineups, and you know even more so than they could you know than they can already on paper. So. I don't. I think it makes sense. Like we said, with we've talked about Javon Franklin, who was a you know a combo forward, a guy that me and you have been on for a while now. We talked about it with Javon Franklin. It's a guy that Penny has a prior relationship with. It's a guy he knows. It's a guy he trusts. So it definitely makes sense. But Brooks, for those who haven't seen Isaiah or haven't seen Isaiah since you know he was in Memphis, uh, what what does he bring to the table if he does end up at Memphis? Well, it's pretty un- unbelievable to me that I see so many people dogging the possibility of this happening. You know, you, you look back and Isaiah Stokes was a, a top 130 four-star big man. He was a, a rated as a 93 uh, in the composite rankings. He had offers from Florida, Iowa State, TCU, Tennessee, Memphis, you name it. You know, the, the who's who of the SEC wanted him. You know, he's a big-bodied, bruising, true power forward that Memphis does not have on roster right now. And that's the biggest takeaway for me is that he gives Memphis something that they do not have right now in August of 2019. Um, Now, does he have some things that he's got to get right if he's going to contribute to this team? Absolutely. 
Um, you know, he's he's suffered with injuries his first two years at Florida. Uh, he's got to get in shape. He's got to get in game shape. And here's the thing. Penny has constantly talked about playing fast, and he was true to that last year. And I think even more so this year because now he's got the studs to be able to do that. Um, so if Isaiah Stokes is going to fit into that concept, he's going to have to get into shape really fast. So right off the – the bat, Darby Rich is going to be earning his paycheck with Isaiah Stokes alone. But I love it. I mean, I think, you know, overall, it doesn't hurt you too bad. You've got a little bit more wiggle room, uh, you know, with the 2020 class than you expected to have because you've got a couple one-and-done guys. You've got you've got more room than the original, like, maybe three-man class that you expected. So why not take – uh, a risk on Stokes because here's the thing. He there's always a possibility that if he doesn't work out this year, he could be a grad transfer next year, uh, and you just take a flyer for one year on him. So not a big deal. The next thing up, speaking of 2020, is that five-star big man, uh, multiple position forward, power forward. I mean, you could probably throw him at center depending on the matchup. Greg Brown announced his top five tonight. Who are those schools, Christian? So Greg Brown had Auburn, Kentucky, Memphis, North Carolina, Texas. So, you know, Memphis, once again, is up there with some of the best competition, some of the best teams in the country. Um, and I actually just put out an article on Greg Brown releasing his top five. And I think if you've listened to me talk about Greg Brown over the past few weeks past few months you know that you know I, I have him as regarded as one of the best players in the class and you know obviously he is he's a top 10 guy at number eight overall but something that I included in the article that I've said feels like a hundred times now is Greg really has the potential to be a top three player in this class because he is that type of athlete and and he really does have unlimited potential he is he is a great four who can like you said who can really play all over the floor um, is more than just a dunker that like people like some people like to say he is he can play defense he can block shots so there's not there's not a ton that Greg Brown can't do and and Brooks I don't think either one of us is shocked that Memphis made his top five not at all and and it just here's the thing if you're handicapping this race right now the best thing for Memphis and this is going to be a little controversial, and I'm just going to flat out say it. The best thing for Memphis is for Shaka Smart to be retained by Texas after this season. If that happens, Memphis is the front runner. Memphis is in there deep. They've got a great relationship with Greg Brown. I think if, uh, if, if Shaka Smart is at Texas next year, Greg Brown leaves the state. I'm just going to call it. Uh, I'm just I'm gonna end it on that. I'm gonna end it on that. So we, what else we got? Who else we got to talk about about uh 2020 recruiting? Anybody else? Well, we actually don't have a ton on recruiting this week. Yeah, you know, I think we we both can say that it's that time of year where there's a lot of things that are gonna keep us busy. But as of right now, recruiting isn't one of them. So really, Brooks, I want to move on to practice. So media got to see 15 minutes of Memphis's practice today. Not something that happens very often. Often that may be the only time this year we get to see practice. And like I said, 15 minutes isn't a huge sample size. 15 but minutes. 
It's not a lot. It's definitely not a lot. I think they ran two drills while we were there, but I don't think anybody can can knock. knock Man, it's, Penny. it's like uh, it's like Penny Hardaway and the staff are mad at the media and trying to take out the limited amount of time they get to see recruits and making you guys do your job with just a very small amount of time to watch these guys. It would be so much easier if everybody could just watch the players they want to watch anytime they wanted, right? Uh, I mean, it, it definitely makes it difficult to cover the team because if you look on the flip side of it for football, I'm Coach Norvell, I think he closed one practice last year, one or two practices last year, so we really have unlimited access on the football side and then basically no access on the basketball side. So it is a weird dynamic. Um, it, I think it's why we're able to have – so much more thorough football content is because we get to see so much more uh, leading into the season and in the spring. But for the basketball team, it really is a mystery until those first few games when we start start to see sets and start to see uh, what they're running and what the lineups look like. So I, I guess I understand it. You know, Penny's a secretive guy. He, he keeps everything close to the vest. So it, it really coincides with his personality and and how he runs things so it's his program I don't think any of us can knock him for for doing what he wants to do with the program but it certainly does make it difficult to to know what the hell is going on yeah do do you Penny I ain't knocking you so Christian in those 15 minutes what'd you see tonight so I think the I think the first thing that I noticed was probably the most superficial thing it was the fact that Precious Achi was wearing number 55 which as we know, Jason Williams tweeted at Boogie Ellis about wearing the number, and now Precious Achiwa's rocking it. And I, I can't say it looks bad on him. I think Precious looks good in the number 55. But uh, another thing about Precious is he's definitely added some weight. He looks like he's got some more muscle on him. Uh, I don't want to throw out a wrong guess, but I would say 10 to 15 pounds. His arms are definitely looking bigger. He's, you know, he's still moving around as good as he was in high school. So. Uh, that's that's really what I could see from Precious Achiwa. And then as far as, you know, the guard play, there's a ton of talented guards. You just if you just look at those guys, you you know that's that's a deep group. You got returning guys and Tyler Harris and Alex Lomax and then you got Lester and Boogie and Damian. So Memphis is gonna be guard rich this year. I think that's that's pretty obvious. And then watching Boogie and Lester shoot just really reassured me that the three-point shooting should be should be much better this year we know Tyler Harris comes back who was uh, one of the best three-point shooters on the team last year and then to add those two guys is a completely different dynamic so not a ton to take away uh, from from the 15 minutes of practice but I think I think those couple of things are are definitely true like I said I definitely think the three-point shooting is gonna be better this year because of the talent they added um, and then also Precious Achiwa adding some weight. But from 15 minutes, that's that's about as good as I can give you. James Wiseman is still really tall, right? Yeah, he did not shrink at all. I believe he's still 7'1". No, no shrinkage <laughs> from James Wiseman. All right, so after practice, after the, the short little stint that you guys did get to see, uh, you had a chance to speak to Penny Hardaway and some of the players. What's the, the number one thing headed into the Bahamas that you're going to be looking for? Well, I'm going to actually let Penny Hardaway tell it because I'm sure he can say it better than I. And he, he talked about the defense and the physicality. So I'll let Penny Hardaway take it away and, and let us know what he'll be looking for in the Bahamas. Well, yeah, I mean, we're really, you know, focusing on getting the ball up and down the court, of course, but also trying to be the best defensive team uh, this year in the country. We want to be ranked in the top 20 for sure. Uh, it's, it's in the physicality of the game, as physical as we can play and the rest will allow us. We want to push those to the limits for sure every possession. 
and, uh, and have an identity on the defensive end as well. Christian, one of the things that Penny said in, in that quote was that he, he wants to see guys rooting for their teammates. He wants to see these guys genuinely happy for each other. And to me, if we're talking about things to look for in the Bahamas, what, what this trip means, how important it is, it's, it starts and stops right there. We're not going to determine whether Memphis is going to be the eventual national championship winner of the 2019-2020 season from this Bahamas trip, period. We're not. You know, you can, you can analyze games. You can do all the advanced analytics on these games, watch film all day long from these games, even though they're not going to be on TV, which is horrible. Um we're just not we're not taking away anything meaningful from play overall in terms of what it means for you know February, March and April. You agree? No, I mean I 100% agree because this team has not been together for very long. They haven't practiced together for very long and they are seven new pieces on this team if Malcolm Dandridge plays, if he doesn't they're six. So there's a ton of new pieces on this team that have to be integrated and have to learn the system and have to get used to playing with each other. So there's so many factors, and you know, 10 practices is not going to be what this team is in December and January. It's just, it's just not. There's no way for that short amount of practice to make this a national championship caliber team uh, because I will put money on it that the team that goes on the floor – uh, in the middle of August is not the team that goes on the floor three months later in November when the season begins. So even even from August to November, this team will be completely different. So I don't think you can judge this team off of that. Uh, I don't think you can say one way or the other they're going to be a great team or they're going to disappoint. You can't say anything. Uh, but but like you said, this this trip is a morale builder. This team this trip is to allow the team to become just that. It's to allow the team to become a team. It's to allow them to, you know, to be in the elements together and and get to have some exhibition games and get used to each other. But it's also, like you pointed to and like Penny said, it's for this team to understand that it's going to take unselfishness to be the team that they want to be. They have to cheer for each other. They have to be happy for guys getting opportunities because there are a lot of mouths to feed on this team. There's a lot of talent on this team, and if – you know, this player doesn't get 25 minutes this night and 20 points. They can't be upset if the team wins. And I think that is possibly the biggest reason that Penny Hardaway wants to take this trip to show these guys that we're a team, we're a unit, but there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of players on this team. So we're going to have to figure out a way to do it, but everybody might not be happy, but you should be, you should be happy for your teammates. You should be happy for your team. So in my opinion, yeah, you're absolutely right. This this doesn't matter as far as what the team's going to look like, but it does start to build chemistry and, and build morale and, and show the staff what, what they may have this year and what they need to adjust on. Yeah, I mean, this is that trip that you take, the corporate team-building trip that you take where you do like the trust fall or you do like all of the games where you're trying to build relationships with new people around you. This is that trip, you know, for, for those that have built relationships, whether it be, you know, personal relationships, family, uh, you know, significant others, just lifelong people. A lot of your, your best memories come from travel period. You know, I know, I know with my wife, 
some of my best memories come from travel. Uh, Peyton Merriam, uh, one of Merriman, one of my good friends that I, I met through doing this. Some of my best memories with him were from traveling to Peach Jam together. Uh, you know, I could still tell funny stories from our hotel room uh, and just being delirious late at night. Those types of memories bond you together. And that's what this team is looking to do in the Bahamas. You know, one of the other things that Penny said was that they're trying to establish a culture where these players are the leaders. And, you know, when you're out and you're traveling, you've got guys in hotel rooms, you've got open grounds of a, you know, massive resort to be able to, to run around and play in. You've got to have guys that are willing to say, I'm, I'm willing to step up and make sure that we're all doing the right thing, that we're where we're supposed to be, when we're supposed to be there, that we're not getting in trouble, that guys are uh, meeting curfew, that, you know, that we're doing all of the things that it takes to not just have fun together and build a relationship, but make this about business too. So it's, it's trying to establish that baseline early so that when they get into November, December, and January, they're not having to learn all this on the fly. Um, so I think for, for fans out there wanting to see what's going on in the Bahamas, yeah, you, it would be nice to be able to see it. If you're not there, though, the big thing will be seeing what kind of fruit comes in the relationships once they get back. So, Brooks, you you know, we've spoken about the team and the team chemistry and everything, but I have one interesting point that I want to ask you about, and it's about uh, assistant coach Cody Topper. So this will be his first chance to coach with the team in, the, in a game environment. You have the rest of the coaching staff returning. Uh, so, like I said, this will be Co- Cody's first time in an exhibition game coaching with this team. And from seeing him today on the floor – uh, I, I think he's a great energy coach and seemed to really be meshing with the guys and everything. But what does this trip and, you know, what do these games do for a guy like Cody Toppert, who's, you know, the new kid on the block and the coaching staff and still getting used to the system and the players and everything that comes with being a, a college coach at Memphis? Well, you got to remember, Cody Toppert is coming off of being an assistant in the NBA, you know, these guys weren't guys that Toppert had the opportunity to scout, to, to really put his eyes on. He's got certain things that he looks for, certain things that he likes. And now, you know, in the first few weeks of being really in-depth and in practice with these guys, getting, getting reps in the gym, seeing what they can do, once he gets to the Bahamas and he can see these lineups, see what some of these guys can and can't do, it now gives him an idea of, when he gets back and can actually get in the gym with these guys, what can he do to, to help develop some of these players? What can he do to help move these guys further along in a quicker way throughout the season? That's what Toppert is known for. One of, one of the things that he's well known for is being a player development coach. So gives him that chance early, but it also, I think it, it allows him the opportunity to see Okay, from an analytics perspective, who's productive and who's not, and how do we make the most of those lineups? Because that's the other thing that Toppert is known for. He's a he's an analytics, a data driven coach. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Memphis implements his strong suits once they get back from the Bahamas. Brooks, I have one more question for you before we move on for the Bahamas, uh, and this is total projection. I know you hate making projections. 
but I mm. do have one that I'm very interested to hear from you. I have a player in mind. Uh, I think I know where you'll go with this, but if you had to give one player who will be able to come out of the Bahamas with a new sense of confidence and and really that'll it'll start them on a high note, whether it be a freshman or a returning player, whoever it may be, who is one player that you see coming out of the Bahamas with a with a different sense, a different sense of confidence? I'm going to go different than what you think I'm going to. I'm going with DJ Jeffries. I think DJ, um, from all, all, all the things I've heard, uh, he's put in the work. I think a lot of things for him has been about having someone behind him lighting that fire under his ass and really just going to work. He is so skilled. He has the chance uh, to be extremely good for the Tigers. And, and here's the thing, at his size, with his skills, there aren't going to be many guys on these Bahamas teams that can really match up with what he does. I think that so many teams are going to be focused on James Wiseman. And, and I, he doesn't, let's be honest, he doesn't need a confidence boost. <laughs> you know, J- James is I think he's, he's I think he's Wiseman. good in that department. I think he's good. Um so I think if there's one guy that you could see have the biggest boost, it's DJ. You know where I thought you were going Damian Ball there, so I guess I'll I'll talk about Damian for a second. Um, because DJ was actually my guy, so I'm going to take your guy and Damian Ball. Um, and I think Damian's a kid that has a ton of confidence. I don't think he's lacking in that, in that department at all, but... And we've said this multiple times. He was sort of the forgotten guy. Like, you know, after Memphis had you know the may commitments where they reeled in the number one class damian ball was a little bit forgotten uh even though he's an extremely talented player and i I don't think that's bothered him at all i don't think he likes being in the limelight i think he just likes putting his head down and going to work but i think much like you said with dj there aren't going to be a ton of guys on this trip that can match damian's size at that point guard spot Um, and especially with his athletic ability and the way his body has developed I just I don't see I don't see many teams being able to put guards on him that can handle him down low or uh, match his just his physical strength. So I think Damian's another guy much like DJ who's gonna come out of the Bahamas and and really be confident and and riding on a high after that trip. Well, let's just be honest. Like if we're talking about teams that are playing, you know, Bahama Bahamian teams that are you know local that are coming in. They're probably going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. They're they're expecting, you know, to to be able to come in high energy, catch Memphis off guard, and the amount of energy that Damian Ball plays with is going to keep this Memphis squad from falling into those traps. Period. So if there's one thing that Damian brings to the table is he he's going to be that like kind of fire starter that keeps Memphis from falling for that early lull or being caught off guard. Because of his intensity on the defensive side of the ball, he just he plays with a great change of pace, can really really get into transition. So uh, I don't disagree with that, but I decided to go a little different tonight. Well, there's um, I, I lied, I totally lied to you, Brooks. There is definitely one more thing I want to talk about before I forget. <laughs> All right, shoot. <laughs> uh, so Bahama, they play the Bahama national team, which is led by DeAndre Ayton. And if you know if DeAndre plays in that game and and he gets that matchup with James Wiseman, what what does that matchup look like? Because that's very interesting. You have a guy that 
you know, had a great rookie year with the Phoenix Suns and was one of the, you know, the number one overall pick and one of the best players coming out of high school. Um, and now you have the number one player coming out of high school with all this hype going against him. So what, what could a potential James Wiseman, DeAndre Ayton matchup look like in the Bahamas? Man, it is it is so exciting to talk about James Wiseman going up against other footers, especially footers who are pros. Um, I don't really care what happens. I just want to see that. You know, the the last time that James Wiseman was really matched up against a guy with that type of size uh, was probably what do you think? Mobley. Maybe, Mobley at Rancho. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mobley. I was going to say uh, Washington uh, commit. Um, what's his name? Uh, Isaiah Stewart. What's the big kid? Yeah, Isaiah Stewart. Um, and Isaiah, you know, he, he held his own, but James definitely got the better of that matchup. I think the big thing to take away from that is, you know, James struggled some in his last summer of AAU basketball against some of the bigger you know, beefier guys that he faced. And with Aiton, man, that's a big boy. That's physical. That is 100% the definition of a physical player. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I'm interested to see with him being, what, 7'1", 250, James pushing, what, about 230, 235 now? I think the last time I talked to James, he said he was up to, like, 2'45", so James has put on some weight, too. So can James Wiseman now coming off of kind of some some struggles against some big bodied centers, can he come in and go up against a guy who who averaged, you know, a double double in his first year for the Suns? Um Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. It sets the expectations for James Wiseman the rest of the season, period. All right, so previewing the rest of the season, the expectations for James Wiseman. Let's let the play in the Bahamas speak for itself. But, you know, speaking of another teaser, you and Kenny had a chance to sit down with uh, the number 28 overall player in the class of 21, Memphis's own Briarcrest High School point guard, Kennedy Chandler. Uh, and we've got a, an awesome sit-down interview, a video interview, an article coming up later this week. So, Christian, just a teaser. What do you got coming? Well, like I did with Penny Hardaway, I let him speak for himself, so I'm going to let Kenny work his magic and, and give a little teaser on the Kennedy Chandler interview. And then, obviously, I think when you talk about that game, you can't go without <laughs> mentioning the play that you had. You had the steal and the dunk on Jalen Green. Yeah. So, Walk me through that play a little bit. Walk me through, um, you know, kind of the set that you guys ran, what you saw, and how you executed that play. Uh, <laughs> I accidentally turned the ball over, so I know how to get the ball back. So I saw him. I tried, I made him do a spin move. I went around him, throw the ball, and I looked back, and I just knew. I just went up for the dunk, and I dunked it. So it was just a great moment at that time. 
and it obviously blew up. Like I said, Jalen's you know top five player in the yeah. class, and, and you yourself are one of the top twenty five, top thirty players in your class. So that was a huge moment of Pete Sham, probably the moment of Pete Sham. Um, and I'm sure in the moment you're not thinking about this is going to go viral, this is going to blow up. But when you go back after the win and, and you get your phone, what was it like seeing all that? My phone was blowing up. <laughs> so again, that piece on Kennedy Chandler coming up later this week. Stay tuned to Go Tigers 247. Keep your F5 keys, your refresh keys ready, locked and loaded. We're going to have a ton of content coming this week, heading into next week with the Bahamas. Uh, so Christian... I think we're done. We're like right at the 35, almost 40 minute mark. You got anything else? All good on my end. All right, let's call it. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily. And you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. 